So, I mean, anybody who's listening to this knows exactly what our clip of the week is. It is, of course, Sissy That Walk by RuPaul. Sissy That Walk, absolutely. The name of the episode, the name of probably my favorite RuPaul's song. Yeah. Like one of her, you know, most recent songs. I really love it. I know that when it first came out that the the part in the chorus, you know, now Sissy That Walk, like Mm -hmm. that. I was just like, oh, I have to strut now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I agree. I think it's probably one of my favorite RuPaul songs. I think the video is a lot of fun. Like sometimes her videos are a little janky, but it's a fun video. It's a great song. It makes you want to like, yeah, it makes you want to strut around. It makes you want to sissy that walk. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel and there's it. so many great, yeah. There's so many great remixes that came out of this song. So mm. yeah, and you know, one of the reasons why I. I I thought that it was actually a great clip of the week because I don't know. It's a conversation starter. If you listen to the lyrics, which I never really had until this, you know, until I was watching this episode this week uh, of the first verse, I, all of it is right on brand with RuPaul. So you mm. have pick myself up, turn the world on its head, right? RuPaul is always talking about things that she loves that turn the world on its head, right? She loves Westworld. Mm -hmm. She loves drag. She loves Wizard of Oz. Whenever anything can completely invert something, she loves, right? right? So she, you know, turn the world on its head. Don't forget, don't forget what my mama said. And then this great quote, people talking since the beginning of time, unless they paying your bills, pay them bitches no mind, which is great advice. And, yeah. and very on brand with RuPaul, where it's like, listen, do not listen to any hater if they're not paying your bills. Because right. they, don't, they don't have anything. People have been talking shit forever. So. Right, right. And I think she says, and maybe, I can't remember if, if she even brings it up in this episode, but like that's something that like her mother would, or would tell her. It was like, and when he was a kid, it was like, if they're not paying your bills, you know, pay them no mind. It's like, that's... Yeah. It's something that RuPaul grew up with. And this character of, of RuPaul's mother, you know, Ernestine. I think it's her name, Ernestine. Uh, oh, is that what it is? I oh. think so. Yeah, yeah, Because, uh, yeah, his – that's it's so funny because I think it, it comes up maybe on one of the What's the Tea episodes that his parents have these, like, old names. I can't remember what his father's name is. But, like, if you could look it up, it's, like, Ernestine and, like – some other just like old Jewish name and it's like nobody has these names anymore <laughs> and so it's, and of course this was a like character. who was it last week uh Reynolds oh yeah uh, Reynolds, Magnolia Crawford Magnolia Crawford yeah like who, who nobody names their kids this anymore so his his parents names are Irving and Ernestine Charles that's right yeah. Irving it was like I think we talked about last week that like Rue loves to do that like sort of that borscht belt like Jewish kind of like old lady (laughs) and it's like it's so obvious because his parents just have like such a classic like you know east coast you know uh, mid-atlantic jewish names so um but you know speaking of origins of things you know i 
I don't know. Have we ever talked about uh, the origin of the term sissy that walk? No. Well, I happen to have the tea on where sissy that walk came from. And it's really, it's kind of, it's really cute. So uh, there is a, there is a writer uh, in New York. I think, I mean, he, uh, he had his own blog for a while and then he wrote for, uh, for Gawker for a while. His name's Rich, I think I'm going to, Butcher is last name, like Jewsweak, Rich Rich Jewsweak, or something like that. What you call me? <laughs> yeah, what did you just call me? Um, <laughs> and I, uh, so he had this blog. I mean, I, this is something from my like early years in New York. It's like something that reminds me of like 2007, 2008. You know, like this was something that I read, and he was kind of like, he was like somebody I wanted to be in a way. You know what I mean? Like he was this like you wanted to write for Gawker. I mean, yeah, like he wasn't writing for Gawker at the time, but like I wanted to be that kind of like that kind of writer. And it seemed like he was doing a lot of things. And I remember I went to a reading once that he did. He's also really cute. Uh, and I was like, yeah. So and I just there was this like there was this aspirational quality to him. Uh, but, you know, so he had this really great blog called like 4-4. Uh, and uh, and he would write about he'd write he'd do like um, America's Next Top Model recaps and just kind of all yes, these, like pop okay. culture things like really I'm, really I'm funny. Into this. Yeah, sure. the blog. I mean, it's not active anymore, but it's still up, and so it's totally worth checking out. Um, he's a really really good writer, and so uh, he had I think he did an article for like the New York Post or something where he was going to be interviewing Rue, and it's, it was called like the Dow of Rue. And actually, when I went to go look for it. Um, the articles, I mean, you can't find it anymore, so I don't know what happened. But um, he had, I think, it wasn't from this interview, it was from, from before that, that uh, Rich had done an article about child beauty pageants. And I guess maybe Rue had read it or they had talked about it. But he, I think he had judged a child beauty pageant. And so uh, he was talking about, he wrote an article about it. And this was back in like, I don't know, probably like 2011, 2012. And so he wrote an article about it and he, and at the very beginning of the article, he was quoting one of the stage moms yelling out to her kid on stage, you better sissy that walk, girl. <laughs> and so then like, I think Rue must, Rue must have read that or, or they talked about it or whatever. And then uh, there's another post that Rich did. It was kind of like notes from, from his, the time he spent with RuPaul, like, you know, just interviewing and spending time together and i'm just looking at it now because he says that like uh oh okay i'm just gonna read directly from the piece he said um in addition to honey badger don't give a shit one of rue's go-to refrains was you better sissy that walk girl the first line of my piece about judging a beauty pageant and then he says in parentheses i had told him that my, my that was my number one takeaway when recounting my experience one night and then he says, if it makes it onto an episode of Drag Race, not only will I die happy, but so will the entire concept of pageantry. And it's mm. like, it's so funny. Like, that's the origin of it. And now it's like so part of the brand. It's a song. It was in the episodes. <laughs> like, it, it just, it's so funny to see like, that's where it came from. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and it's totally fitting too, because Ru RuPaul also loves that musical Ruthless. Uh, oh, which is yeah. all about, uh, uh, you know, pageant moms. Right, right. Yeah, so it, it's it's so, again, as you said, like, on brand. It's so perfect. But I just love that, that, like, oh, that's where Sissy That Walk came from. It was some, like, 
you know, I'm typecasting, but just like some Southern mom in like a conference hall of a of a hotel, you know. You know who I'm picturing playing that mom is uh, Amy Poehler. Oh, I absolutely. Just her yeah. playing that mom, or yeah. like an Allison Janney, you know. Oh, oh, I I could die happy for an Alice. Allison Janney is one of my favorite. Like. I will watch her do anything, and that you know be... that she's she's gonna be in Six Degrees of Separation. <gasps> oh well, then yeah, I guess... my my friend's directing her in it. Oh uh, God, yeah, I... it's coming out soon. Oh well, I'll I'll be back for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Um, well, and of course, she was in that movie, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which isn't child. Oh, of pageants, course, but... of course. Yeah, and child she's like pageants, the best. Yeah. She's one of. I mean, it's hard to choose a best part of that movie, but she's that's true. Probably yeah. my favorite because Kirstie Alley is pretty fucking fantastic. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, but I think when we talk about like who would we play in movies, like we play this game with different movies. Oh like, yeah, who we would do you do play? Who would I play? It's always a woman. Allison James' character is exactly. <laughs> you're who I would always play. you're always the best friend or the neighbor. Yeah, or the grandma. <laughs> yeah, and you're always like yeah. the slut, like the dumb slut. <laughs> like that's or our type just, not, Yeah, or or just like you know the vixen or right, right. you know the one who's a little too hoary. Right, right. Like I guess it, we should give we could give an example. Like okay, well the, I mean it's a little bit obscure, but like I think the most classic example is Bad Teacher. Oh, oh, bad teacher. Oh, right. clearly, clearly. Right, right. But you yes. would play clearly, Cameron Diaz. I'm Diaz, yes. And I'm, I'm the, you know, the, the, what's her name, Sue, uh, the, the friend who was the voice of, of sadness in Inside Out and was in the office. Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's like, Allison Janney is like my go-to who I'd play, uh, especially in Dropped <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, so we digress. So, um, yeah. so here's my question. Um, you did say something about uh, the realness, and oh, yes. Uh, but, but earlier, before we started recording, you were talking about how the realness on the subreddit was different. Anyway, right? Because we were talking about the lyrics to "Sissy That Walk," and it was like, oh, these are so on brand. And it reminded me that in the subreddit, they because the subreddit has so many just like like inside jokes where there's no explanation like it's so funny that someone can post a comment and start the joke and then someone else will finish it in another comment and someone else will top it in another comment which is like a reddit theme that i've seen it's like a it's like a reddit sense of humor um mm-hmm. but they do it a lot like and not just the rupaul's drag race subreddit but just reddit in general and oh marco has got the zips tonight he is sissy in that block. oh my god <gasps> he's it just looked like you climbed all the way to the ceiling just he now. did he did he, he ran into the <laughs> closet behind me and then like parkoured up to the top shelf oh my god it was like a scene from poltergeist <laughs> yeah i know i know it's like oh my god go towards the light carol Ann, and away from me i'm trying to record Watch my head spin. Yeah, right. Good God, Mary. Um, Your but, mom scrubs docks in hell. Yeah, right. Right, Mary. <laughs> so, so one of the jokes they have on the RuPaul's Drag Race subreddit is about the realness because I guess the lyrics are a little cheesy. It's like, uh, it's like feelings aren't real. Real is what you feel. Like it, it's. I should have looked them up, but it's that's one of the things they go back and forth with, and it's like. What the fuck are you talking about, RuPaul? Like, or I guess maybe it's Lucian Piatti, you know. And I guess oh, considering maybe maybe he was on his um, self-proclaimed uh, uh, marijuana-induced psychosis when he wrote those lyrics. Um, I roll. We talk- yeah, I have we roll. talked about that? That that was Lucian. No, you know we don't need to waste a fucking another breath on him. So yeah, we did have a whole uh, 
uh, mini feature about Lucian. Yes, when yes, that was, yes. Yeah. Lucian pee on me. Yeah. Lucian exactly, pee on yeah. me. Yeah. Lunch, lunch, lunch meat in my panties or loose leaf. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Lucci's bananas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, so some, I don't, the whole point of that being that yes, the, in some songs make more sense than others, but um the more salient point as we're talking about the subreddit that we get into is actually addressing uh, superfan Sister Mary Shane's uh, question about what the subreddit has to say about the Meet the Queens and about the new mm. season nine queens. Uh, do tell. Do spill the tea, yeah. uh, Colin. What did she call you? She called you the architect in the oh, Matrix. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I lived. I died. I had to get back up and get my life again. I was. You're like the architect in the Matrix for Drag Race. Right? <laughs> I felt like Coco Montrese on the bus waving at celebrities. I was just getting my life at that. So uh, it was a dream. You know, I always say getting my life, but what she really says is, oh, it's a dream come true but uh <laughs> that's something we do here often all right mary is we don't get the quotes right so uh <laughs> so like gia gunn never said flappy the jaw great on a mic i think she just says flappy at the jaw so you know but i'm tangenting I'm, I'm totally porching at this point uh so yes the subreddit that's a really good question shane and i and i should have written back an email but i thought this was worth addressing on the podcast um the subreddit has been really interesting post Meet the Queens. I feel like um, I think that they. I mean, they they're doing a lot of oh this queen. I mean, and we've we've seen this. I think we even retweeted something that got posted. I think Charlie Hyde's posted about certain queens reminding people of other queens. So mm-hmm. Aja reminding people of Naomi Smalls and like uh, you know, and we made all these jokes when we were doing the Meet the Queens right. episode. Roxy and, and Alexis, well, mm-hmm. sure. Pheromone yeah. and Courtney da- Act. Oh yeah, Dax and Nina Bonina Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying like Nina Bonina and like Acid Betty, which is probably oh, sure. aesthetically closer. But the whole geek thing is similar to or nerd thing, whatever, is similar to Dax. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's interesting is, I, I think that there's been a lot of there's been a lot of love for Aja and a lot of love for Sasha. Like a lot of like oh man, like a lot of people posting thing like lip syncs that Aja and Sasha have done. Uh, which, you know, I, it's nice to see other people who are really living for Sasha Valore right now and, like, the the kind of drag that she does, which obviously I'm so in love with. Um, yeah. Which reminds me of something else we have to talk about in a minute, but uh, which I can't ask you to remind me because I haven't told you what it is, but I'm just saying Got it because I'm going to remember. It. I'll just yeah. say Sasha Valore. Right, and it, it'll all come back to me now, Celine. And so I... <laughs> I'm glad that other people are really living for that and like living for that kind of drag art that she's doing. Uh, they are, I mean, they are, they are dick pigging for Alexis Michelle at a drag. Right. They right. are just, right. yeah, like they are. And, and it's true. He's very good looking at a drag. And so Queens, they yeah. are, they are parched, Mary. They are parched. <laughs> uh, there are people saying that they don't feel like pheromone is like the lip syncs they've seen. It's kind of just like someone described it as just kind of like a drunk girl lip syncing. Like she's kind of walking oh, around. Burnt, really? Okay. Well, yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of those. So we'll yeah. See. I mean, I'm I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with any of these. I'm just like, here's what I hear. Uh, some people are, you know, there's there's been people saying that they, and this is all so preliminary, you know. It's so. It's it's fun to see how wrong people will be, but you know, thinking that Peppermint's going to be an early out, thinking that like James Mansfield isn't going to go far, um, you know, thinking that Nina Bonina is going to bring drama. A lot of it is 
I mean, people, some, more than one person has said, you know, don't sleep on Alexis Michelle, like in terms of like, oh, she's a, mm-hmm. she's a real dark horse in this competition, which is interesting. I feel like the, the, some of the feedback I've seen about her is that like, she doesn't have that like, like Sasha Velour, Nina Bonina Brown, like they're doing like, you know, high drag and Alexis is doing classic drag. And it's like, yeah, is, is she going to be able to bring it, you know? Uh, right. There've been some people saying like Valentina, just like, I mean, I guess I said the same thing. It was like, eh, I just, I don't think this is going to go very far. You know, she's very yeah. pretty, but you know, I did hear that Trinity Taylor is quote unquote, the one to watch uh, yeah. because she won entertainer of the year in 2015 and beat Alyssa, I guess for it. So yeah. like, there's something that like, is that we're just not seeing from the meet the Queens video. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they were saying this on our sister podcast, girlfriends that, you know, it's really hard to, to gauge from meet the Queens kind of who these Queens are and how they're going to be. You know, mm-hmm. if you think back to past meet the Queens episodes, like, you know, it, it's, it's such a crapshoot. I, I know that um, I, it's interesting. They featured Valentina for mm-hmm. uh, with Michelle and, you know, there, there's this kind of thing like, why would they feature Valentina when I don't think she's going to go that far? Um, but I will say this, that uh, when during season five, which was the one with Honey Mahogany? Uh, that season was five. Season five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Season five. Mm-hmm. So Honey Mahogany was one of uh, four queens that were featured. Uh, and I was like, oh, I love Honey Mahogany. I love how oh, she's going to go so far. She's going to go so far. And then she did it. So yeah. I feel like it's it's not out of the bag that they would be like, yeah, let's feature this young, sweet queen because she probably goes home first or second. Totally. I mean, I think that, like, th- there have been so many times. I mean, I, uh, I, I've i said before that, you know, based on the Meet the Queens, I was very wrong about Chi Chi Devane. I was wrong about Jocelyn Fox and Trinity. I thought they were early, early outs. Um, mm. And so, like – yeah, it's so hard to tell from these these little clips. And I think we know that when we were making our predictions. It's like, listen, we're just making predictions so we can compare them to what really happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. But I think that, you know, what's interesting is, and I think Aja posted something recently on Facebook that there's just this real frustration with, you know, I mean, this is just, it's the... It's just a continuation of what we've seen of like people being really nasty on social media and being really judgmental. And a lot of it has been around these comparisons of like, oh, well, you know, this is just another Naomi knockoff. And and the idea being that like, you know, drag race is not the only form of drag out there. And it's not like, oh, Naomi came first and now there's Aja. Like there's no, like maybe they look similar in some way, but like you can't. I mean, you can't say oh, they're, it's just they're, people are looking. It seems like they're looking for the stock characters, right? Where yep. you know that you have to have a villain, you know that you have to have a pretty queen, you know you have the funny queen. And RuPaul has has corroborated this, right, on the yep. podcast, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, yep, she's perfect for this role because they do play roles. It's of not, course. and it's also not always guaranteed which role is going to win. But there's always going to be a big queen. So it's like, okay, Eureka." Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's always going to be, you know, a looks queen, right? A fishy queen. There's always going to be those. So I feel like the people that are looking, that, you know, are aware of that and woke to that, which is most people now, um, yeah, are going to pigeonhole Aja and they're going to pigeonhole Alexis and they're going to try to put them into the cat. Oh, she's Naomi. Oh, that's who this person is. That's who. Just because it makes it easier for them to see. Now, at the same time, that's one thing to call that out, but but to bring it a step further and to kind of degrade or demean their drag or belittle their drag 
because it's like something that came before, quote unquote, um, to me is is just a it's people being trolls. They're just oh you know, yeah yeah. Everybody's well, got a fucking asshole. Everybody's got an opinion. You know. Right, right. And you know what it made me think of, and I guess there's that element of like, you know, you think about like, uh, you know, I guess it's like knowing knowing who Alexis Michelle was before the show and so there's kind of that sense of like oh wow now you're in this system now you're in the drag race system and what that includes is like it is part and parcel of being on drag race because it has such a social media following and with so many and it's not just young fans because I would hate to say oh it's just these young fans who are trolling it is of all fucking ages I'm sure mm-hmm. you know bitterness yeah, yeah. bitterness has bored, no age bored people on social media yeah bored yeah. people on social media but I think what comes with that is is this, and especially this stage in the beginning, where it's like you people people who don't know what they're talking about are going to take two minutes of footage and say, "Now I know this person, you know, is no good. This person has no talent." And well, yeah, and that's gonna yeah, that causes reactions. It's it, mm-hmm. at least it's something. At least it's an opinion, right? It's right. I mean, me, I'm over here hemming hawing, be like, oh, I don't know if I want to put my chips into this queen, and you know, right. it's just like, well, come on, Johnny, just say that you don't like this person and that you like this person. Who gives a shit? Right, right. And it, this is just what what comes with it. And it's, I mean, I think you know, there's the advice that's so often given to these queens of like, don't read the comments, don't go on Reddit. Like, if you right. if you right. can't take this shit, don't read it because. Like, and we've talked about this in the past and a different context of like, like, you know, stopping, you know, what's coming down the river. You know what I mean? Like you can't like the, the body's coming down the river or whatever it is. Like you can't stop yeah. it. So like, just get the fuck out of the river. Like this is not like there's no stopping this and it's only getting more and more a part of drag race. And I mean, I kind of feel like, to be honest with you, like in some ways, like what happens on social media with drag race is what is going to eventually lead to drag race ending. Well, it's like what RuPaul said in season that walk, sorry to come full circle here, but it's no, like, no. if they're not paying the bills, honey, paying them bitches, no mind. Right. It's like, they are going to talk forever and about nothing and they're mm-hmm. worthless and you, you cannot pay attention. And it, I, I, I hope, I hope, I hope all of these new Queens that are coming down the pike, are taking that advice so yeah yeah i agree i think it's like the best thing you can do especially right now because it's like let people talk and then prove them wrong you know prove them wrong like that's the best you can do is just like do an amazing job that's the only answer people need and you know and some people won't be pleased no matter what right so what are we listening to colin Oh, what are we listening to? Well, gosh, if you haven't figured it out at this point, it is, of course, another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show. And, of course, I'm Colin. And I'm Johnny. That's Johnny. That's Johnny. Oh. Oh, it's good in case anybody missed. <laughs> that is such a dig. That is such a dig at our sister. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and so, yeah, so, and and today we, among other things, we will, of course, be recapping the uh, the Sissy That Walk episode of uh, season six, which, of course, is the top four, the final challenge, determine who goes to the top three. Mm. Uh, it's all happening. So, it's a but, great um, episode. Really great episode. And, you know, yeah. I... I Oftentimes, I'm disappointed by these these later episodes because there's less looks, there's less queens. Yep. Usually, my fishy queens are gone, the bitchy queens are gone, and it's like all the awesome queens. Mm-hmm. And this episode did 
totally delivered to me. So, I mean, yeah. and for many, many reasons, it bears repeating for yes. many, many reasons. Yes. No, I agree. This episode was was really solid. It was a, you know, I hadn't rewatched it in a while until I rewatched it for this episode and of the podcast, and I was like, oh wow, there's this is this is really quality. And even the Untucked is pretty good. Like, there's some good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Untucked actually reminded me the the beginning footage reminded me of the new Wow presents Untucked, where like. It goes mm-hmm. black and white and then to color or whatever, where you mm-hmm. see them walking backstage. You know, there's all that footage, yeah. which they hadn't really ever done before. It was always very interior Luzon's lounge, like very kind of polished. But this this episode was a little bit more gritty, a little bit more, um, you know, present. Yeah, and there was less of like – there was – the editing wasn't so like the high drama of Untucked that we right, normally right. see. Was, you know, I mean it was edited, but it was a bit oh, – you know. Sure. Certainly, but there was a bit more of just letting them talk, which is the benefit of of one of the, the later episodes of Untucked is is they they don't have the chance to do all that Franken editing with all these different queens, so you really do get to see more of the conversation, which is uh, and it's cool to see. I mean, just the sense of like, wow, like here's the top four; they have gone through the gauntlet, and now it's like, let's just find out. Like, there's nothing more we can do, you know. Like, yeah. there's nothing else to do but wait and find out. And so it's yeah. uh, it's interesting to kind of see them at this point, you know. You know, before we talk about the episode, I wanted to introduce a new segment on our All Right, Mary podcast, which I'd like to call All Right, Amanda. All right, Amanda. <laughs> All right, Amanda. <laughs> All right, Amanda. Um, and this is just, just uh, to pay some homage to our sister podcast on Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, Nick and Amanda, um, mm. and uh, just for sending us so much love, we were we were named Squirrel Friend of the Week uh, oh. on their podcast, uh, which we're so honored by. I was uh, listening to them at work, and you know, I I had to be very distracted from my computer for a second uh, because I was just kind of swooning. Um, yeah. So I was yeah I was I was very uh, very touched by the gesture and. Um, was also laughing my ass off because I have to tell you, that bitch Amanda can laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, it's but they, so. And if you, I mean, if you have not listened to at this point, if you're not listening to Squirrelfriend's Cocktail Hour as well as us, you know, because they've said it, and I agree. I think we're a really good compliment. I think we're two different types of podcasts about Drag Race. It's worth listening to both. Uh, but uh, they were they had like a it was like a, a cut clip they had of like Amanda showing Nick like a picture of like her cat with like a little scratch on it or something and then just kind of like losing her shit <laughs> it was really funny like i have oh to say God. squirrel friends like they were saying well, a lot of things we cut are just us laughing it's like leave it in like oh yeah leave it in. totally Don't... i mean it's if it's great. a laugh like that oh god right. keep it going that's infectious girl that is right? infectious and you know not for nothing i do do really want to see a picture of Latrice and George Costanza? George yes. Costanza. Like, yes. We, please, Amanda, either post it on Twitter. We're at All Right Mary on Twitter, by the way. Um, if right. you, uh, Amanda, if you, if you, you could email it to us. We just want to see these cats because we both are cat people and we we love cats. And, um, so and we're, due, yes. and we're due to post pictures of the executive producers of All Right, Mary, Marco and yes. Ella, our cats. So right. we will yeah, we yeah, will return yeah. the favor. Uh, and, and and that being said, <laughs> I I know that we've been accused of having an Amanda agenda. 
<laughs> which I, I laughed so hard. We've been when tickling her balls. Yeah, we have, and I think well, we have. And I think it's time that we go a little deeper with you know um, with the Squirrel Friends podcast. You know, maybe even balls deep. Uh... Maybe even, maybe even. <laughs> but but perhaps we've been neglecting uh, the other half of Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. Just as equally fabulous is uh, is Nick, who I uh, yeah I don't really have anything to say about. Let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I, have to, I, I have plenty to say. I have plenty to say. Um, so Nick, uh, I just have to say that Nick's voice is extremely sexy. Uh, oh. If you if you are not a listener of Squirrel Friends podcast, please chime in on this after you have listened because his voice is very sexy. It's the type of voice. That I kind of want, um, like when I wake up from a nap, you know, <laughs> or like one that I want, like stroking my hair while I'm watching TV before bed. Ooh, you know what girl. I mean? Like there's this, there's this kind of sensualness to his, uh, to his voice, which I find um, uh, very soothing. Um, you know, and so maybe next time I'm taking a bath and listening to Squirrel Friends, like Amanda listens to a bath while watching, while listening to All Right, Mary. Which, right. by the way, I hope you're, uh, you know, putting more bubbles in the tub right now, Amanda. Yeah, right, um, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that uh, was. Yeah, I'll light a candle, you know, next time uh, for for Nick and Amanda while I'm taking a bath. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was so funny that uh, Amanda said that that because I listen to Squirrel Friends often while I'm in the shower. I often listen. To, I listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower, and but I remember you're closed off because you're never nude, right? Never. No, I've got my my jorts on. It's not a problem. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, I'm like, any time that they've mentioned us, like, I remember like the first time they mentioned us, like, I just, I turn off the water and I stick my head out from the shower curtain and I just stand there <laughs> dripping naked, listening and like beaming. Oh my god! Oh my god! They're talking about us. And so, um, like, it was so funny. She said that because I was like, oh my god, I do the same thing. And, oh. uh, you know, and, and I think I was, I was walking, I was like walking to therapy the other day when I was listening to them and we were, and they were talking about us and, uh, then, you know, found out we were I mean, squirrel friends of the week. You and, didn't need to go to therapy. So you turned No, around. I just, I texted my therapist and was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm squirrel <laughs> friend of the week. Uh, so I'm going to turn back right back around and go home. Uh, <laughs> but, and, oh, the other thing to mention is that, uh, and we should we can talk about this because you redid your drag race sorter. Um, yeah, were, go ahead. Yeah, they were talking about our results of the drag race sorter, and, and Nick had mentioned that he didn't quite agree with the fact that Nicole Page Brooks was so low on my list. And I wanted to amend. I hear you, girl. I hear you, Nicole Page Brooks. Like, I think that we can objectively agree that like she's not a Latrice Royale. She's not. She she's not. She's not Dita Ritz. This will be, you know, like she. It's just it, they we're never gonna get that. But uh, she is. Uh, she is fabulous in her own kind of bizarre, like a drag queen in a John Waters world. Like there's something kind of. Oh, that's a perfect reference for her. She's like fabulously <laughs> grotesque in a way. Uh, like there's something, you know what I mean? Like there's a mink stole quality to Nicole Page Brooks that I completely mm, appreciate, right? Yes, right. Yes. I, like, I'm not saying she's Edith Massey, but she's definitely mink stole. No, 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 because no, that's Ginger Minch. Yes, that's Ginger Minch. Yes, yes. Uh, they got me, gal. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to amend that. Sorry. <laughs> but I thought that was, I was worth correcting that I hear you. She's not actually 
on par with Venus Delight. She is, but but in terms of, I mean, in terms of good God, girl, that Drag Race sorter, I had to just make a choice after a while. I was like, I don't know, uh, Vivian Panay, you know? <laughs> I had to right, choose someone. Right, right, right. No, I hear you. Yeah, no, I think he acknowledged that, but, you know, that it, it takes a while. You know, I wanted to go through my sort of results just so that, you know, we're all being honest here and we're honest Marys. Um, <clears throat> and I, I did want to mention that the sorter, because uh, Amanda said that she could have sworn that she had Derek Barry, but there's no way she could have because it, the sorter only did seasons one through seven. So it's not even the top 100, it's the top 88. But mine had season eight queens, so that's really oh, strange. So then, okay, so that's super weird because yeah. mine didn't. Mine didn't, and not only did mine not have season eight queens, but it said at the top, this only is seasons one through nine. One through nine, one through seven. Yes, that's what I meant because I'm an idiot. Right. Yes, one right. through seven. Um, so yeah, so maybe I need to take it again. I don't know. I, I don't. Have, I don't have two hours. Um, yeah. But here, I'm just gonna go through my top ten, and then uh, did you take yours again? I didn't because I felt my top ten was, was okay. Very yours, yours, yours were there. So yeah. my top ten are from ten to one. Number ten is Nina. Number nine is Yada Sophia. Mm -hmm. Number eight is is Bibi. Uh -huh. Number seven is Manila, which I don't know why Manila is that high. I mean, I like Manila, but I don't like love Manila to be number seven. Yeah. Um, and then uh, number six is Angina. Okay. Number five is Vivacious. Oh, sure. Number four, okay. number four is Katya. Okay. Oh, number three is Alyssa. Okay. Number two is Jujubee. And number one is Trinity. Okay, That's Mary? That's a lot more accurate. Yeah, it's a lot more accurate for me. Uh, yeah. uh, some notables in the top 20 are Dita Ritz, Jasmine Masters, um, Tatiana, Raja, okay? Um, mm -hmm. Shangela was 19, Milk was 20. Okay, so then my bottom, eighty, like 88 to 79, because, you know, I didn't right. have all. Right. Um, so number 88 was Sasha. Oh. Uh, Sasha <laughs> Bell. Like, now we're in this. Obviously, he's only got through season seven, but there's so many repeated names now that we're going to have to start, you know. Oh, um, 87, Tempest. 86, oh. Laganja, mm -hmm. uh, 85, Fifi, and I'll mm -hmm. just skip. My Nicole Prage books was 79. So Okay, honest. all right, all right. Well, and you know, in a way, I kind of think that's like part I of like Nicole. Nicole Page Brooks, so. well, but I think part of the, the Nicole Page Brooks, this like mink stole grotesque drag queen is that she has to be in the bottom. Like that's, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of like how John Waters films are trash. Like she has to be at the bottom or else the right. whole thing doesn't work. Right, you know? right, right. Then it's, yeah, it's too, it's too good. It's too yeah. good, yeah. Uh, well, okay, well, I'm glad to see that your top 10 is a lot more accurate now. Uh, yeah, if, it was fun. It was fun. If they were able to include any season eight queens, do you think there's any that would have, you think could have Coco, made to the top? I mean, Chi-Chi, absolutely Chi-Chi in a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chi-Chi for sure. Um, Thorgy might make it. Um, Bob, definitely. Kim Chi. Uh, mm. I love the Acid Betty, I love. You know, oh yeah. man, season eight great season eight was great yeah i you know i yeah i really i don't know if i had gotten a chance to mention but i really uh i really enjoyed re-watching season eight recently i was looking at my phone <laughs> while i was saying this i should have just be paying attention uh but yes i i did recently binge on season eight i don't know if i got a chance to talk about it but uh, everybody take a drink <laughs> shut up <laughs> but uh I, I definitely like I, I feel like, oh, we just we got shafted when it came to Acid Betty. She had so much more to give. So, uh, yeah. But we'll talk about that when we recap Season 8 in a number of months. Uh, 
So, you know, get ready for that. Well, I think that we have covered everything we need to talk about, except for, of course, Sissy That Walk. I think it's time Sissy to... That Walk, Mary. Let's do it. Let's, Let's get into it. Let's absolutely do it. Yeah. Um, I think it, it would be appropriate to kind of keep our word uh, from last week uh, where we, we were going to recap what uh, ben de la Creme's message on the mirror was. Yes. Uh, she's being kind of a dick by writing, you know, kind of an essay on the mirror. Obviously, you can look this up yourself, <clears throat> but uh, it goes like this. She wrote, Dear Top Four, how's it going with a Z? I'm doing pretty good. Sometimes you have to have Mama Ru yell at you a bunch of times before it sinks in. I guess it never reached that number of times, Darian. Ouch. Mm. Uh, I knew the second I was up against you, I was out the door. You get it, lady. I wish you all the luck in the world and only harbor enough resentment to write a long, pointless message that you have to clean and clean and clean and clean. But for real, though, you girls are my heroes. XXBDLC. Well, au revoir, Ben de la Creme. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Visage. Michelle yeah. Visage. It was, yeah, it was great knowing you. Um, you know, this was the the first thought I had about this since Ben is gone, and since we are down to the top four. And last week, as much as I guess Ben apparently knew she was on her way out, I, I was definitely, not because of the performance in the lip sync, but just kind of track record-wise, I, of course, was very surprised that Darian stayed. But that being said... If our top four was Bianca, Adore, Courtney, and Ben, wh what do you think? How do you think the top three would have come to come out to be? Do you think it would have been the same? Do you think that, some, that Ben would have replaced somebody? I think that Ben. I think Ben is 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 great. I and I again I love Ben de la Creme, but I think that he would have fallen short again in their expectations of. Um, taking down that character. Mm. Uh, they, I think that they wanted to see more. And had Ben been in these challenges where he had to do the acting um, and 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 do all that, he would have been great, as was Darian. Um, mm -hmm. but, but in terms of the whole picture, I don't think that he would have gone gone forward. I think that the uh, that the other three were diverse enough and, um, kind of each had had a bit that was marketable, whereas yeah. Bendela Creme, there was just something where you couldn't put your finger on what and how to sell her. Yeah, no, I you know as much as I I really do like Ben, and it would have made me really sad to see her not make top three if she had made top four. It does make me think a lot about Chichi Devane, and I've thought I remember thinking like, why did they not? Oh, why God. didn't she make top three? But because I guess I really didn't expect Naomi to get it over Chichi. But then the more I thought about it, and I think this is the same for Ben, is that and this is nothing against Chichi, of course, she's a fabulous queen, but. Was she bringing anything really new and different about drag that, like, like, because that's what we really see in season six as well, is that, like, Adore, Courtney, and Bianca were these, and they talked about this in Untucked. They're very distinct offerings when it comes to drag. Mm -hmm. And in the same and way— And so is Darian, though, but and so is Darian. So is Darian. I do have to say, she had something new. She's gorgeous. So— Yeah, I, but— it, it, It's kind of like, well, you know— but is it new? And I think there's that's there's something about that that I, I well is Courtney new? Is Courtney new? No, she is and she isn't. Courtney is 
Courtney, to me, I don't know whether or not it matters that it's new, because of course Bianca's not either, but there's something about Courtney that's so classic top three. You know what I mean? There's, okay. she, there's something about it that just it made sense to me. Like she just did, she was so polished. It's like Chad Michaels. Chad Michaels isn't necessarily doing anything new with drag, but it was so fucking polished. It was like, mm. of course she should go to top three. And yeah. I think that, you know, with like Ben, Darian, you know, uh, Chichi Devane, like these are all great queens who do their type of drag really well. But I think that there is, and this is really, I think, why Adore made it so far is because she was bringing this whole new idea of drag or was really bringing a spotlight to this new interpretation of drag that I think. Uh, yes, yes, I agree. I think certainly Adore, but there is a role that that she played, which has been played out since season one, which is like the ingenue, which is the young queen, which is the Rebecca Glasscock. Yeah, but except, uh, Rebecca Glasscock, I feel like, I mean, she, I, that's a queen. I mean, I'll never understand why Rebecca Glasscock got, got to top three. Because she was young, because she was new, and she represented a young, new queen. That's what that was. Yeah, oh, but she just was so, she was so subpar to these i mean it was like you get to the top three you've got nina bb and rebecca it's like oh you got to be kidding me right yeah now. it should have been chanel it should have been chanel and i really think you know season one was a different beast I, there was an element almost of like season one sometimes feels like like and i don't mean this in a judgy way but like scripted in that there is just this like perfect drama of chanel getting in the top four and even her saying like i should go home and like kind of self-sabotaging oh, like right. and getting rebecca to top three and then being like well you're out of here girl like there's something about all of it that just has a slightly different tone than the other seasons um it was it was very campy. It was actually it read a lot like a John Waters movie. Yeah, there's there's I think the 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 satire of of these competition shows was so much higher in season one and so much more present in season one, and then it got to be a lot more real in in later seasons. But I I just think that like when I think about why Chi Chi didn't make it to the top three over Naomi because I knew Kim and Bob Wood, I really feel like that's what it was. Is Naomi. I mean, I guess in some ways she was doing this, you know, she was this ingenue. She was this young fashion yeah. queen. Um, right. And there's a place for that, like in terms of— And she, she's a beautiful soul. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love Naomi Smalls. And I, I you know, re, I, re-watching season eight, everybody take a drink because I did rewatch it recently. <laughs> God! I, I mean, my love for her just deepened. Like, she's just a fabulous queen. It deepened, did it? Oh, it, oh yeah. It went Ooh. all the way. God, oh my God. Slid right in. So, yeah, so, you know, just kind of, you know, what would have happened if, I agree, I don't think that Ben would have made top three, because I think Bianca had it in the bag, I think Adore is the kind of queen they want to bring to the top three, she had the storyline for it, and, and the perspective on drag for it, and I just think Courtney, it was like Chad Michaels, she was so she polished. Was strong all along, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I to be honest with you, I could have seen... Uh, a Darian replacing a door. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I could have seen that happening, especially with how well the last this this past episode go, went. But we'll get into that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so okay, so they are in the workroom. They're cleaning off Bendela Krem's uh, message, mm-hmm. um, and we eventually get to one of very two famous quotes from this entire season that are now in the the lexicon of gay men. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I, I'm assuming you mean not today, Satan. Not today. I mean, that I, I, so I wrote to know about that. I was like, is this the first time we hear not today, Satan? Is yes. This, the, this is the first time, this is right? It. Yeah. And so then my question was, oh, because it's such like a okay, what do you mean, Satan? Is it because? Is she saying that because Courtney looks kind of satanic with the face makeup? You know what I mean? Is that the context of it? You know what I mean? No. I mean, actually, that's super shady and hilarious. Right? I would like to think that it's more like like uh, something that a, a southern mother would say, like, not today, Satan, not yeah. today. You know, yeah. I yeah. feel like that's how I read it. Yeah. That's how I've always read it until I watched it this time. And I was like, oh, was that specific <laughs> to this moment? And then it just got taken out of the stratosphere, you know? Uh, yeah. But, you know, and the context of that is, of course, Courtney calling Bianca out for not really doing something more with the ball. Like, this is what you do. And I guess I just kind of expected you were going to really turn it out. And, yeah. and I mean... I really do think that her dress and the ball was was not her best work. And it was it was the start of a theme this episode, actually. Courtney calling Bianca out most of the episode. Yeah. And and it's not in bad ways. Like it's all like, whoa, you're right. Whoa. Yeah. So we'll get into those for sure. But I was kind of like totally loving Courtney's shape. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that she's I don't think that her critiques are wrong. I just, I think that, you know, I can, you know, and of course, you know, the, the whole, you know, watching Courtney theme that I've had this whole season, like she's pretty spot on with her observations. You know, I mean, she, oh, yeah, know, she also calls out in this, in, you know, this early part of the episode, like she doesn't really quite understand Adora's win and about her look. This was the only thing I maybe didn't agree with because I don't think the point of Adora winning the glitter ball was because her looks were so good. It was because she sold the shit out of them. And yeah, I, think, I don't think Courtney saw that. Yeah. yeah. So and I th so I think the look alone, like, yeah, I get it. It wasn't like, you know, this incredible thing, but like she sold the fucking shit out of it. So, um, yeah. but you know th what this made me think of, you know, this whole idea of of you know, Courtney calling Bianca out, and and this idea of Bianca struggling a little bit, and we see it a little, and we only see it really, you know, for five minutes in this episode of Courtney or Bianca struggling is. I would have loved to see Bianca in the bottom two at some point in the same way that like what it did for Jinx or Bob. Like Jinx in the bottom two, like that to me cemented her as the star of that season was that lip sync. You know, the one against Detox. Oh, there's no question. Wow, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. yeah. Oh, I mean, God, I love that song. It was, um, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. You know? She brought she brought lip singing to a different level, and I think that I think that the producers must have known how fear because again, that's like a that's like a, and I'm telling you yep. a Chi-Chi kind of song where it's like okay, Jinx needs to do this. Whereas I don't think Bianca and Courtney had those. I agree. Well, I mean, so not... they, they couldn't put them on. They couldn't put them down there. I agree. I mean, that was something. A note I had, you know, at the end of this episode, you know, not to jump ahead, all the way ahead, but obviously I'll have to lip sync at the end. And my thought about that was, man, how Bianca, is your head, Colin? Eh, you know, for twenty bucks, anybody can find out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Miss Fame. Uh, so <laughs> that's how you answer that question. And so. Uh, <laughs> I, but, <laughs> Sorry. 
sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that that Bianca was very lucky to not be in the bottom two because I just, I don't think that she, compared to someone like Jinx in the bottom two who we hadn't seen lip sync and then fucking turned it out, or when Bob was in the bottom two, also for a ball, uh, and I mean, that song was, again, perfect for Bob, and he just, I mean, I knew uh. he was going to kill it, but oh. It was just such a great performance. I was, it made me, it really, I like, I really, I loved Bob even more because I got to see him turn it out with a lip sync as on top of all the other things he turned out that season. So there's something about lip syncing that, well, you do falter in the challenge. If you, if you turn it out, it can really kind of like cement your status in the, in the season. There's, there's a, there's a benefit to it. I mean, Dita Ritz, perfect example. Like, right, right. I mean, if there was, I mean, if, if Bianca happened to have an Ema Sumac song that she could have yeah. like Jinx did, I yeah. think that they would have done it, but she had so many of those slam dunk moments throughout the season, right. Where she won. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had the comedy challenge, which was brilliant, right? Yeah. I mean, she, she killed it. She's also killed it on Snatch Game. I mean, she there was no, she yeah. had those moments. She had yeah. those moments. So. There was no real chance for her to kind of fall into the bottom two. But it just is that element of like, oh, it would have been cool to see her lip sync. But I don't think she would have had a song to turn it out on. I agree. Yeah, silly. Anyway, so. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, uh, Adore is pissed off that Courtney – threw her under the mat as she says right she's under um, the ocean she's under the mat you know they're all through you know the, the, that was the last episode she'd throw me under the ocean it's like i somebody... kind of wonder if she's you know if she messes them up on purpose just to be cute which you know is fine because sometimes you know i don't know there's this um i do this sometimes where there's this trend uh with long island moms where mm-hmm. they'll add s's to the names of various mm-hmm. celebrities mm-hmm. so like i'll be like oh Oh, I love I love that movie with Mark Ruffalo. Right, 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 right. Yeah, totally. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just I'll say it wrong because you know I know it's wrong, but like I'll right. just say it. Yeah. Did you see La La Land with Ryan Gosling's? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I do, Colin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, and I mean, you know, it reminds me of I think we talked about last week when RuPaul says Mill and Terry. I, you know, it's like right. sure, sure. I love he it. Knows, I lo- he knows how to say it. He knows yeah. how to say it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. So, Ryan uh, Gosling's. Oh, Ryan Gosling's. he's such a good actor. He's such oh, a good actor. Love him. Uh. So, you know, so we get to, you know, yeah, we're in the opening credits, you know, next morning workroom. Uh, Paul comes on, introduces Sissy That Walk. One thing I did love that she said, again, on brand with this, she says, the only thing standing between you and the crown is you. And mm. in, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is on the revealed only. Um, <clears throat> it c- cut to a clip of RuPaul saying, saboteur. Did that happen in the episode? No, 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 no. So that's a revealed thing. So yeah, the revealed thing, she pops on the screen and goes, saboteur, which I just loved. I was like, work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when when she said it, and for some reason it didn't really hit me until that that sort of, you know, you know, I guess I guess it's not she-mail anymore, but that message, the video message, when she says sissy that walk, you know, of course, we talked about already the origins of that. But what it just made me think of, the note I took was like, I love reclaiming the word sissy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it really, it maybe it really struck me. And not that it was super, uh, 
you know, poignant, but like, you know, when Jamal Sims is later talking about sissyography and, you know, he's saying mm-hmm. that like sissyography is like not being afraid to be sexy and hot and fun and sassy. And it's like, all right, well, I don't really know what you're trying to say, but um, it just made me think about, you know, reclaiming the word sissy and like giving it strength and giving it power. You know, Trixie Mattel talks about like her stepdad used to call her Trixie every time that she was, you know, acting effeminate or acting, you know, don't be a little Trixie. And so he reclaimed it and made it this character. Fabulous. So yeah. I love the context of like reclaiming well, it's, Sissy. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have so much to say about this later. But but she mentions this when she's talking to Adore over the Tic Tac lunch. Mm. Um, when she says when you're – when you break a bone and it heals, actually where it heals, where it where where it broke and where it needs to heal actually becomes the strongest part of the bone then. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of Trixie Mattel, where it's like yeah. bef- when when that was breaking Trixie as a little boy, mm-hmm. now it is the strongest part of that right. man. Oh, that's a really good that's a good way to connect those two. Totally. Yeah. I Isn't I just think beautiful. Yeah. I just find that so fucking beautiful. It's so poetic, isn't it? Yeah. And I just, I think that whole like watching this in the context I mean, watching all of Drag Race in the context of reclaiming sissy because it's uh, so uh, I'm gonna cry. Oh my right? god. Right? It's right? so uh, derogatory for little gay boys and now it's like, oh no, strength, let's celebrate power. it creativity yeah independence oh yeah. my god it's everything yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I just think that that just kind of gave it's embrace it's embracing femininity it's it's empowering kind of the idea of being a woman and what it means to be a woman and yeah and that actually being called feminine and being called sissy and like a woman is actually not an insult that right. there's nothing wrong with anybody acting like a woman whether you throw ball like a girl or not right Right. throwing ball like a girl it's like yeah if they throw the ball like Dottie Henson or Kit Keller does it's like that's great Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually pretty fucking awesome yeah did you like that Colin did you like that I I like that League of Their Own reference yeah yeah you love the high ones (laughs) (laughs) lay off the high ones I like the high ones mule nag yeah racing Get dirty. Yeah, yeah. Dirt the skirt, babe. Dirt, dirt, dirt the skirt. The skirt. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. That's actually that's actually uh, the password to my Wi-Fi. Perfect. Yeah. It's dirt the skirt. Yep. And the name of my network is All The Way May. So. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, now someone just has to find your apartment and then they can like, you know. Hey, if they, if they listen to this podcast, they can certainly use my Wi-Fi for free. I don't care. Come on in. Yeah. Can you read, honey? <laughs> And that's a great, like, that's, like, a great, like, drag, like, tie-in. Like, can you read, honey? And then you just cut to all these reads. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's just take a look. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's great, Colin. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Just cut to the reads. It'd be yeah. a great, like, a great super cut. Yeah. Um, May, what are you giving her to read? What difference does it make? She's reading, okay? <laughs> grab, grab, grab it. Milky, Milky, why? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. League of Their Own. I mean, that's like we could. I mean, we could just go I, on. We could have a podcast about a League of Their Own. Totally. Anyway, women totally. are great. Reclaiming the word sissy. I'm all for this. This is great. Thanks for bringing that topic up, Colin. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, Michelle comes into the workroom. I, yes. I have to say, she, she certainly was acting to the nines with this. She was reading these lines to the nines, but I mm. love her so much mm. that I'm kind of like, all right, RuPaul's getting into drag right now. 
uh, that makes right. sense. You know, yeah. Ru- I said that on the revealed um, that the reason Michelle was in the workroom was because Rue was getting it a drag for all of the shooting that they had to do later. Oh, oh, that's funny. I I never really knew. I was, I never knew why that was such a bit that they do, but that makes sense. Um, I had the exact. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I had the exact same note that you had about Michelle. Kind of, she's kind of on. She's doing this announcer voice, and and it and you can feel it. And I and I love Michelle. I I would love Michelle to just be the Michelle that she is with them. You know, she's like girl to girl. You know what I mean? Like I think that that's enough. You know what I mean? Like that's enough for her to just show up. And- at, the end, at the end of the day, she has to kind of adhere to a director or a producer. So. You know, she's just trying to do her job. She's a professional. I, so yeah. I would expect nothing less. But I will I will ask this question um, because you are kind of an architect guru of uh, mm. Drag Race. Was this Michelle's first time kind of doing something like this? Was this kind of like a test for Whatcha Packin? Like when did Whatcha Packin start? When did she start doing more outside of the, the, the judging panel? That's a good question. I mean, I because I, I kind of feel like she's been doing like – that this was a running theme since she joined in season three of her coming into the workroom. Maybe in season three it was like her and Santino. Oh. Um, you know, and and what I think what you pack and maybe started. That's a good question because did they? they that's a Six great weeks, question. Maybe Six did weeks. it? Maybe maybe it was. I don't. I can't remember. Um, and we but get I think, to see the looks. Yeah. Yeah, I love Whatcha Packin. I you know I feel like she did do a Whatcha Packin with a ganja, right? Oh, she did. No, you're right. It definitely was season six. I couldn't remember if she did it during season five, but I think definitely season six she was doing it. So Oh, I love I love the idea of Michelle sitting in your like nasty hotel room. You right. Know? <laughs> right. That you've just been like jerking off in for weeks, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> Mary, all right, Mary. Untucking in the the Holiday Inn (laughs) lounge. Uh, You know, taking a bath with Amanda, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Light a candle. Sissy, that. That matter. Ow. Ow, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, uh, Jamal Sims is introduced, and there was a revealed uh, tidbit about Jamal Sims, which I thought was fabulous and just going more into depth about RuPaul and her greatness. But um, yeah, Jamal Sims, um, RuPaul has known since the 90s when he was in her Las Vegas show. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So I didn't like, know their connection. She she holds on to the people that she loves and yeah. holds them close, will you know bring them up and use them. So, yeah. you know, I, it, was, it was a cool little thing that she got to, you know, have him choreograph uh, her video and, and still mm-hmm. use him. And I think he's a good, he's a good guest. He's good with the queens. Oh, he's- Fabulous. Yeah. Oh, I just loved him. Actually, the the other the the who's the weird director? Um, oh, um, <laughs> well, there's. I mean, the one in this episode was Matthew Anderson. He was directing. Oh, um, I love. I he was a great. I think the the, the guests were great. Yeah, yeah the guests anyway. were. Yeah, Matthew Anderson's great. He's he's. I mean, he's the one who who puts Rue into the monster. You know, of RuPaul. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he reminds me of like a Dumbledore. Yes, he does totally have. There's, there's this like magical bearded, you know, little right, right, man right. quality. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So, so they're practicing the choreography, and uh, this is where we see, you know, and this I really, for for as little that we get to see of of Bianca's vulnerability, this was a great opportunity to see it. Was you know, her nervous about the dancing, you know, yeah. and and making all these jokes Courtney and calls Courtney calls her out, right? 
Courtney, you know, to your point earlier that she, in the talking head, she says about Bianca, you know, she's more worried about being funny to deflect the fact that she's not being good. Right. And you really see it like Bianca. I mean, it's wow. certainly some editing. Uh, that is, I mean, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I know, I know so many queens like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally. It was the way that Bianca was acting in that moment with making the joke about the stroke and kept laughing and whatnot. I was like, oh, I know this. I know this. I know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And like, I really, these are the thing. I mean, it's so funny that, that Courtney is calling Bianca out for like not, you know, I think she calls her out like maybe in the untucked or later about not uh, showing the vulnerability of being kind or whatever. But it's, you know, it's interesting Courtney kind of calling somebody out about vulnerability because she just seems to not, hmm. she seems to not have, she seems to be aware of vulnerability. Like she has the emotional intelligence certainly about vulnerability, but she seems to have a, a very stable relationship with her own. Like, you know what I mean? There's something, it doesn't, see, we don't see this happen for Courtney. We don't ever see her get this kind of, this type of vulnerability where it's like, you can't, you can't control it or you you are your weaknesses are showing i mean vulnerability is about everything just everything you don't want people to see being out there and right right i don't think courtney i mean does courtney ever really have a moment where she's people are people are seeing something she doesn't want them to see i mean this is this is certainly a i mean i wrote so much about this for later when she okay. has that conversation with Rue. Okay. Um, and also when, when she says to, she says later that Bianca lacks compassion and warmth. And I'm like, uh, Courtney, anyway. Yeah, yeah. all right, we can get into uh, it. So we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, let's just kind of get through this nitty gritty stuff. So, um, so yeah, so uh, they, they're practicing the choreography. I did love Jamal Sims saying, you're defeating yourself before we even start. Yeah. Uh, very on brand, very RuPaul mm -hmm. um, when Darian was struggling. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, so then they, oh yeah. And then it's, then, then they have the Tic Tac meals, right? Right. And yeah. he has that Tic Tac meal. You know, I, there, so I, and we can, we can, we can really dig into Courtney here. Mm. I, I feel like Courtney has mastered compartmentalizing. I feel wow. like she comes from a place of she says she comes from a place of objectivity. She's focused on her work, and you know, and RuPaul's like, you know, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's messy. But mm -hmm. for me, I, I just think that she doesn't see. She as she says this right. She doesn't see the function of worry. Yeah, she does say that later. Yeah, you know that that's a great way to put it. Is that she's compartmentalized things. Yeah, and, I mean, I, and and my question is: Are we digging into Courtney because she's confident and happy? And are mm. and 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 for me, it's like: Are we convinced that all drag queens have to have pain, and that carrying that pain close to the surface is, you know, what makes you likable and what makes you, you know, relatable? Because, you know, perhaps her traumas are just really deep and really hidden, and perhaps she's totally fine with those traumas and totally cool with them. Right. I, I just don't know just cause she does drag. Does that mean that she, she's hiding emotional insecurity? I, I just right. don't know if it, I, I don't, I, I don't know why it's a bad thing to cast a character that's confident and fine with herself because that in, in a, in a sense is, you know, pretty inspiring. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind well, of that, where you know, I am with her. 
we talk a lot about drag being a sort of armor that, you know, and we, we see this with a lot of queens. Ben de la Creme is such a perfect example of putting the drag on as, as a protection and as an armor. And it's a, it's a theme, I think it's a theme that we're very familiar with as gay men. I think it's a theme that we're familiar with even just at, you know, the, the types of queens and the storylines we hear about on Drag Race. I mean, you know, in, we, we certainly hear about Darian's backstory later. We know Adora's got a rough story. You know, I, I, I think it's, it's such a familiar theme. It's such a, a connection of like that the drag has some sort of protective element. Whereas that, that doesn't have to be true, of course. And drag can be so many other things. And with Courtney, it's like, I think, I mean, I think it's like anybody. I think this is something that I talk about so much in the season and the other queens note is like, I'm just not buying like this. You're very Stepford. I'm just not buying that everything's just okay because like, it, it's just it's such a foreign idea. But mm-hmm. I, uh, but are we being unfair if Courtney is just somebody who has worked through her stuff, has found, yeah. you know, emotional and spiritual and mental support in her life, has found a perspective to live through that that makes sense for her like yeah you know it just doesn't sound like it it doesn't sound like she's avoiding this it sounds like she's woke it, yeah. it sounds like she's just not letting it distract her it sounds actually really smart that she's not letting her insecurities get in the way right isn't that mm-hmm. kind of always the point it's like don't let the things that hurt you mm-hmm. harm you you know what i mean like you, you can use them to fuel your art and to fuel your drag Mm-hmm. Well, we're also drawn to the hero's journey of trying to get to that point. I wrote that down too. Yeah. Right. And and yet here Courtney is, and I guess we could say the heroine's journey in this case, but here Courtney is, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, the journey's never over, but she's, she's at a certain plateau in her life, or at least what we see on the show of like, because she's, I mean, we talk about this all the time. She's very intelligent. And I think to your point, if there was something going on, I don't think she'd be afraid to acknowledge it and talk about it. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, and yeah, and share it, you know, on TV. You know, I, I think that she would see this as a platform to share the story and like have a space for empathy. You know, right. And if she, if she did, if she was smarter, I think she would share it because this is the thing that I think is the demise of Courtney. Absolutely. Because right, we've said that we've said this before, uh, or some comedian said this, right? That if you're up there, they said this to Carmen Carrera, perfect isn't something that people laugh at. Like people don't want to hear about how perfect you are because that's not funny. So, and it makes me think about Drag Race and its audience um, and how it's it's basically an audience of queers who have, most of us have experienced pain Mm -hmm. and have experienced traumas that we like to see other people getting over. Right. So sure, she can be a a role model or she can be an inspiration. But RuPaul's brand is more about overcoming hardship. It's about overcoming the saboteur, that voice or the society that keeps you down and then you conquer it. It's actually it's actually more inspiring than somebody being perfect. It's like this message that can help create social change. Right. If Mm -hmm. if we have a show that promotes drag queens and their stories of them overcoming what's keeping them down, then, you know, basically it's RuPaul saying to her audience, see, I did it, she did it, this queen did it, this queen did it, you can Mm -hmm. do it. You can come out of the shadow and love yourself. And once you love yourself, you can be free. So I feel Mm -hmm. like RuPaul loves these stories, right? Where we look at society and say, see, this isn't real. You gotta make it your own. 
You got to mm-hmm. sew yourself into this fabric the way that you want, right? You don't have to be a statistic with drug abuse in the black community. You don't have to be a number, uh, you know, of of someone who's sad and and has has to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, which is like such a myth, right? I think she's saying mm-hmm. that what like the radical thing to do here is to find your truth and to find your own happiness in whatever situation it is. That's her brand. Whereas mm-hmm. you have somebody like Courtney who comes on the show and she's. You know, she's 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 arrived. She's woke. Yeah. There's not much there's not much you as an audience member that you can kind of get behind because you're kind of like, well, how can I relate to that? Exactly. I mean, you know, to to go back to the the quote you were mentioning from from season three, there's Rita Rudner saying, Yeah, it's to Carmen, like, there's nothing funny about somebody who's good looking and confident. And Courtney right, right. is is so much exemplifying that. And when we say funny, I mean it's like the opposite side of the coin of comedy is tragedy. And so that, and there's just, there's so much connective tissue there, you know? And like, there's so much that we connect with is is tragedy and other people's stories and how they're getting through it. And it's as, to, you know, again, to your point, it is very much part of RuPaul's brand. And, and yet at the same time, it's kind of like what it makes me think of is, is that whole idea, and we kind of were touching on this a few weeks ago when we were talking about all those, uh, all those those pit crew guys in the underpants, and like you know a guy who takes care of his body doesn't necessarily you know have a six pack, you know, and like there's nothing wrong with having a six pack and being a muscly guy. We're not shaming that, but there's that element of like, there's a connection there of like I don't I don't connect with somebody who who personifies a certain sort of ideal. Like this doesn't uh, there's nothing appealing about that because. I don't know. I don't see. Maybe there's a little bit of narcissism in this, but maybe it's just the need to find. Maybe it's more about empathy. I don't see a place for me to connect with you. You know when. Mm. You know what I mean. I, I don't know how we're on the same page, and I think that that's. And and, and, but, and, and well, it, it, that frustrates me too because it's like, you know, just because she's not talking about it doesn't mean that you can't relate to her. I I do get it though. I do get it. Right. It's like she's this polished, perfect thing and she's just super happy and there's nothing that you can kind of be like oh yeah me too oh i had that but you know she did talk about how she has sex with straight men and in drag and to be honest with you that i I feel like that might cause some head games like there's got Hmm. there's some deep issues there there's some deep shame and issues ingrained in there and not to sex shame her like fine you want to have sex and drag like that's totally hot that's totally fine um but I feel like there's I don't know there's something going on there, right? It's like, well, why can't you have sex as a boy? I don't know. Yeah, that, anyway. that's that's a good point. Is like it because you know we could just look at it as like, oh, she's just like subverting you know gender and she's in drag and she's having sex with straight guys and she's totally like fucking with all that. But it's like, well, it just brings up that question of like, oh, well, what is it? What is it for you? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean to you? I don't know. I I hear what you mean. It's it. I think. I think because she's not showing those cards, we're hungrier to like find the cards and understand them. And I think, you know, what, you know, RuPaul's quote about we could all stand for a little bit more humanity, even if that humanity seems messy or uncomfortable. I mean, she's not just talking about Courtney there. She's talking about everybody, you know, like, and I think in some ways, like when RuPaul says that to Courtney, what she's really saying is like, this is kind of what I need from you. And it's not really what I'm getting. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of knew at this point, I was like, yeah. Uh, Courtney's not going to win, and this is the reason why. 
All right, so Darian uh, has a little lunch with Rue. Yeah. Um, her Tic Tac lunch. Uh, this one, I don't know. I think I learned more about Darian and when I was kind of like, oh, you could actually go on to the top three. Um, she, she was thrown out of the cow, uh, out of the house as a kid. Um, you know, she's called a clown. People are going to laugh at her. Um, yeah. Clears her below any other person. Um, she spent a lot of years not loving herself. Um, she kind of learned that it's a daily practice to love yourself. And this is something, you know, personally me that I'm, you know, practicing now is, is daily, uh, a daily kind of reuppance, right? Of mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what you're doing. Yep. You're taking care of your body. You're taking care of yourself. Um, you're getting to sleep on time. You know, you're eating three meals, Right. Uh, and making sure that I'm taking care of myself because it is a daily practice. You have to remind yourself to do it if you haven't done it for a long time. Right, right. I mean, that's like, that's kind of, that's the advice. That's what Rue says, says to her is like, loving yourself, it really takes a daily practice. And RuPaul has talked about this, you know, in in other forms of like in her own life on What's the Tea? She said about how like, like every day I have to recommit. It's like you have to cut that tail off every day. and mm. And it's just like, it sucks because it's like, oh my God, you mean I have to do this work every single day? And I think yes. that it's, yeah, and I think you just get better at it. You know, yes, you still have to do it every day, but you get better at it. You, anything right. you practice every day, some days are going to be harder than others. And some days you're not going to really feel like doing it. But like trend wise, you're going to get better and better at it. Yeah, it's like it, it kind of takes that bullshit phrase that Dan Savage coined. It gets better and it's, you know, it doesn't mm. actually get better. You just get better at it. Exactly. I think that's a really good way of – because I, I feel like it gets better is a bullshit phrase. I just – I think that it's so um, – It's for, it's for you know, uh, the majority. It's for the people that aren't in that moment. Actually, mm-hmm. it gets better heals them more than it helps and heals those going through it. But yeah, anyway. it's a lot easier to say it gets better once you've like gotten out of the situation. Like, yeah, no, I know it gets better because I'm not in it anymore. But it's like if you're right. some if you're some queer kid in high those, school. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you're some queer kid in high school who's getting bullied every day and college is still a few years away, you know, and maybe not a guarantee. Maybe you don't know what's going to happen after high school. It's like don't you can't just be like, oh, don't worry, it gets better. It's like, well, uh, that, I'm not going to ride that for two and a half more years, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, those those videos, I, I when Obama when Obama recorded one and posted it, that's when I was like, fuck this campaign. Because then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is me helping. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this static thing that is so foreign and so distant anyway let's keep talking so uh, well, so uh yes go ahead oh well i was gonna you say to talking about it no i wasn't gonna keep talking about it. i was gonna segue it about you know darian makes a comment about that she's you know she's getting a lot from rue that she doesn't get from her own mother and what that made me think about was like the importance of a drag mother and the oh. like like a, you know, and not well, just that, a, that comes from the ball culture, yeah, right. And and what it, and and in particular, it's like it's of course it's a mentor who can guide you, but it's also someone who can validate you. It's also someone who yes. can give you an yes. honest reflection. It's not just like don't wear those shoes or you know make sure to glue down your wig line. It's not about that. It's part of that. No. But it's, they it, took these kids in. They yeah. took them in. They helped them out. Yeah, they fed them. They gave them a place to sleep. Like this was. Yeah, this was people that were outcasted. Yeah, and from made, their lives, all of a sudden had a new kind of home. 
Yeah, it made me think about what it reminded me of. I guess it was RuPaul talking to Laganja and saying, like, I'm not going to steer you wrong, not for no goddamn TV mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what you need <laughs> is someone who's not going to steer you wrong and might be tough on you, but it's like you know you're getting the truth. You know you're getting honesty, and you know what's being reflected back to you is what's real. And, right. and I just – I really picked that up from, from Darian saying that about, like, what she was getting from RuPaul. It's like that's what you get from someone like that is – this is what you need. It's the things you need to hear. And it's not just platitudes, but it's someone like telling you like loving yourself is a daily practice, you know? And that's, that's so much more than just like putting you in drag, you know? And, and I think it was nice to kind of feel that quality between RuPaul and Darian, that real drag. And I'm not saying that RuPaul is Darian's drag mother. I'm sure she already has one, but like she's of course all these girls, you know, drag mother in a way. And it was nice to see, how that was we see that a lot with these lunches in this season is that she Mm. really is imparting this wisdom to each of them so well and that brings me to the next one where i i don't think it was much imparting it was more like two peers talking with bianca Mm -hmm. and and she says her she's like you know you're one of the better players yeah yeah i love that you know bianca's making rue laugh and Basically, mm-hmm. Rue is basically like, all right, you're going to win. I'll see you later. Right. I was like, all right, now get out of here. Like, slaps her ass and sends her on her yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Brother, you know, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But of course, um, Bianca so, yes. says, Bianca mentions in that lunch, though, because lunch, though, she's like, you know, what, what makes you so good? And like, you know, Bianca, and she's like, and, and Rue mentions, you know, you've been helping a lot of these girls out. Um, and Bianca says, well, I had good mentors, you know, like, and, and I think that just reinforces this. Like, Bianca didn't just have people telling her, like, how to dress herself and like how to paint and all that but like bianca clearly had people who were telling her like how to behave how to act how to treat people like how to carry yourself in situations and it's it's so interesting to see a product of that you know bianca is very much a product of good mentors and you can tell like that's why it's part of why she is so good and and that it's not just oh i'm just so you know i'm just so fabulous it's like she she can credit people who who've guided her here, you know. Yeah. Um, but it is a very it is a very kind of short interview, at least what we see, and it is very much like, all right, well, I'll you know I'll see you at the crowning, girl, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Adora comes in. She does the same thing. She talks about how she's close to her mom. There's kind of a heart heart to heart moment about her dad. Yeah. Um, and that's when Rue brings out that amazing. You know, I love that quote when a bone. Yeah breaks you know after it heals that becomes the strongest place in the bone where it broke yeah. um, and she says that broken place can be your spiritual resurrection mm. um you know don't let the saboteur get you off the track i you know she, again she has this talk later with a door in all stars and th- this gave me chills when she was saying all this stuff because i'm like yeah. oh man yeah. that broken place could be your spiritual resurrection like yeah. that that is that is that is coming from someone who has experienced it. Yeah, I I love you know because I think we've talked about this in past episodes that uh, sometimes you know on what's the tea like Rue really goes in on her perspectives about the matrix and spirituality and meditation and all of that and like how to see the world and how to exist in the world and sometimes it gets a bit filtered out in Drag Race because there's just so much content there's only so deep they can go without kind of losing people but like this like her it's gotta be about the queens yeah Yeah, but her saying like that broken place in you can be your spiritual resurrection I was like oh yeah she sneaks it in she has snuck it in all throughout this episode and basically throughout every show right yeah but this episode in particular i just keep finding these little 
RuPaulisms, these these little gospels of RuPaul, you know? Yeah, and like it really it's like lines like that and perspectives like that among all of the other things, that's what elevates RuPaul's Drag Race above every yes. reality TV show. Yeah. That, I mean, I always tell people who, who don't know the show, I'm like, listen, this is why it's so good. These contestants have to sing, dance, act, sew, paint, tell jokes, do impressions, stand in heels for hours with their dick in their balls tucked in their ass. Like, they have to do fucking everything. Nothing, no other show puts the contestants through this many hoops. And, and you have to admire the artistry just in being able to do all of that but that's one reason why drag race is so great but like the even greater reason is because no other show is bringing this kind of brilliance into like this type of television you know like this isn't like we talk about right yeah yeah empowerment again social change i just feel like this has been a platform for rupaul to preach her message which is love everybody say love Mm -hmm. love because yeah. she truly believes that love will change the world. Yeah, and and like also what it takes to kind of get together with that because I think that can be very it's radical. Hard. Yeah, it is radical to get together with that. Absolutely. And 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 a big part of it is about acknowledging the parts of yourself that you don't love and the parts of your of your life that were not, you know, treated lovingly. And I think right, that, and and the parts of the the world that aren't real that make us think that it's not worth loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, I I really felt like, you know, this season, these because some, sometimes these, these lunch chats can be, you know, a bit surface level, a, a bit more about the competition. But I feel like season six, she really, like, she she really brought the gospel out. We really got some, some great, you know, so some great sad. lines. Yeah. Um, so, so we should move on, yeah. Yeah, we move, now we're, now it's time to film the, uh, the dance routines in front of the green screen. Uh, which, uh, you know, b- earlier we were talking about Bianca and how she was struggling a little bit, but like she fucking has every move down. Like it's just like, yeah, you know, she's fine. yeah. And I loved Bianca's line. Like she's, you know, she's on a treadmill, she's in heels, they've added a fan. She's like, you know, I'm having Hurricane Katrina flashbacks now. And it was just <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, but she, she really, I mean, I, I got to give her credit. Like she fucking turned it out. She did great. Um, yeah. Yeah, Adore did great. As she said, she was born in heels, so it felt like she was working out. Yeah, yeah uh, she was doing fine. And, yeah, I think that was a revealed quote, actually. Yeah, um, I think I don't think that yeah, was an episode. We yeah. see we see some shade. Darian copies Adore's pussy licking gesture, right? Where it's right. like, okay, get over yourself, Adore. Like it's fine. Take right. it as a, go- a goddamn compliment, right? So, but but, but what what I wanted to move on, I want to move on from this because. The next part of this episode oh. is like, yeah, I was just dying. So what I found out from Revealed is that these acting scenes were all inspired by uh, Mahogany with Diana oh, Ross. Oh, I assumed that was where. Yeah, this was where where from. Anthony Perkins plays like this controlling photographer, and uh, you know, it's just super mean. So mm. um, that's you know, you're a loser. You know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these were these, these were all great. These were so uh, fun. Um, so yeah, like I thought, I thought Adore did a great job. I thought that she really like throughout this and the next scene. When you compare what the like the ways in which Adore was showing up and focusing compared to like Scream Queens, it was like wow. Uh-huh. Like you right. are focused. It was really yeah. nice to see. It was really great to see. Um, and of course, yeah, Bianca... there was some. Um, yes, Bianca. I was gonna say, uh, RuPaul says, like, now show me Crip Walk, and 
and then she does this like zombie move and i'm like yeah. oh bianca doesn't know what a crip walk is. yeah she's thinking of crip keeper like she said i don't know what <laughs> well i i loved and you know i have to say like throughout both this and the second acting challenge the funniest person was rupaul rupaul was so oh, funny there's no question wake me up when you're done yeah, yeah. i mean it was he was so funny and i love when he, when he says to bianca like your people magazine sexiest baby of the year like i just <laughs> It was so fun. It was so fun to see like RuPaul playing with them. It was great, uh, and of course, and maybe this is what you were referring to earlier. Like uh, another memorable quote from season six from Bianca yes, is, is yes, at the second point. one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it bears repeating, which is a right. uh, it was great. It was a great moment. Uh, Bianca really did a great job. Um, um, I also loved uh, Darian's hysteria. Because oh. I think the, the director says, like, okay, show me some hysteria and we're out. And then Darius just does hysteria so well. Where she's oh. like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. She was, Darian was great. You know, I was, when earlier in that, when, when RuPaul was giving her direction, she's like, give me expensive mall. Give me mall Flanders. Mall like, Flanders. <laughs> and then Darian is just like, yeah, it's a, it's a book and a movie. It's an older. It's a, it's a classical novel about a woman who uses uh disguises to further her ambition i learned that on revealed oh okay i wasn't i i thought it was to play on words but that's that's even deeper um yeah yeah very deep right yeah. i'm like rupaul fucking took that out right know? right and i and darian like she she does this perfect like split second reaction to that it's so funny she's like oh okay it's it's really uh, but then of course her i hate you's were just brilliant i hate you i just i like gonna eat her like she was like some vacuum coming yeah right right she she was like slimer on ghostbusters like she just was nuts (laughs) um and courtney was you know i think yeah she had the snoop dog corn dog hot dog which i loved and oh and she had the slapping she had the slapping yeah uh, yeah. which i thought was really fun i think that courtney like she's game like she'll she'll play she'll do it she'll go for it like she may not like she may not give us the levels that darian was just giving but like she'll totally do the best she can and i appreciate that right of course, the second scene with older sissy. I mean, this is my kind of drag. Yes, this is yeah. I loved this all like, of this these. This is who you would play. Oh, a hundred and ten percent. I mean, they were they were all they were all they were really all good. good. Yeah, yeah. I love Bianca's caftan. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, I, and was... I. I, I just was, oh the one moment I really loved was was when Bianca first comes on set and sees RuPaul and then she kind of just has the aside of like kill me right now and they both kind of laugh like it was just <laughs> like really funny to see them kind of laughing about doing this yeah she looks like an extra from good times oh yeah and rue was just so funny as this as as Charles it was just yeah. so funny you can't uh, love yourself girl <laughs> and I, I i loved especially with adore there was something about the way he says i came all the way from azusa like this just <laughs> it was so good and again adore's commitment in that scene i just i was really really impressed i was like wow you are showing up and you're focused and you're not pulling out any excuses i was really impressed with adore uh and then Courtney, I mean, you know, she had the glasses, the straw in her hair, the smeared lipstick. She still looked pretty. She still looked pretty. Yeah. Uh, you know. She, she had pretty. that great joke about, like, I don't even sound Australian anymore. Like, <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was very clever. Yeah. Um, but oh, the, best, the best one for me was Darian's. Yes. Uh, oh, my uh, God. 
that yeah. meltdown. That meltdown. And I love the clip of RuPaul backstage. It was all, it was all yeah, oh, I was going to say, I love that with her face. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> like, it was just, I was so, I loved Darian. And I loved, that was just great. She, <laughs> you know, it was, and they talk about this on, in Untucked, that like Darian really did so well in this final challenge that it was like hard yeah. to not see her as like, the top yeah because she just i wrote i wrote this down i can't believe rue went through with a top three and didn't just make it a top four yeah i mean i guess the only reason i could see why is just like the track record you know i mean you know to mm. go to top four to go to the end with three lip syncs under your belt it's just it's tough you know but compared to like two yeah. other queens who didn't lip sync at all and another one who like you know kind of had a storyline so right uh yeah these acting challenges were were solid it was my favorite part of the episode was that second scene for sure um and then we uh you know we get to the workroom pre-runway they're kind of just you know they're talking about first impressions adore kind of expected to not really bond with bianca and uh and then courtney calls bianca out for uh yes for again again she says she says he can't finish his sentence without a joke yeah and and then she's like, okay, here, I'll do it. Adora's an asshole. And she's like, <laughs> Courtney's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Courtney's an asshole. So I, um, you know, it's she says, oh, I think it's so weird to be all I love you. So I'm like, I love you, but your wig is horrible. And for me, this is classic by the book example of a fear of intimacy, yeah. right? This is someone who uses humor, humor and insults to kind of deflect her true feelings and closeness. And And for me, that is... I mean, that is a typical gay problem. Right? Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I know people like this. I've met people. Like, I've been friends with people like this who just – you get to that point of like you almost dare them to, to you know, sh- be nice, to just be nice. Like just no shade, no cleverness, no wit, nothing. Like just give an open – and it's like, you know, we, we, see, we see Bianca being helpful and friendly, but that is different from intimacy. And – you know, I, I just I think the way that Courtney says, like being afraid of the vulnerability of being nice was a brilliant way to put it. Being nice is yeah. very vulnerable. You you especially I think a lot of, you know, a lot of gay men feel that way because we all, you know, I mean, you, you go to a gay bar and it's just like everybody's just got their armor up. Everyone's just ready to like throw shade instead of like be friendly. And it's right, like, like, hey, to- you're here. You're alive. Right, well, right. Like yeah. it's you know who who's gonna take the risk, you know. And I, you know, not to go completely off topic, but I remember years ago, feeling this very strongly when I would go out a lot more than I do now. I'd go to you know bars all the time in bars in New York, and and I just felt this so strongly that you go in there and everybody's just like, they're they're there with a read before they're there with like a welcoming comment, and like I realized or like I just it was like an experiment of like okay fine. I'm just going to be the change that I want to see. I'm not going to come in with something. I'm not going to come in on the defensive. I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to be real. And I'm going to offer that. And it changes everything. Like if you're willing to do that. Oh, completely. Completely. If you just don't want to play that game. You know, it's interesting. I went to – I was hanging out with my friend Lysander and we went to – Oh, what's that nightmare of a bar industry? Oh. And we we walked in and we walked to the back, and then all of a sudden it was just us. All of a sudden we saw like some of his volleyball friends, mm. and we walked over to the table. And I swear there were four of them there. One by one, each of them insulted Lysander. Yep. 
Yep, having been in that volleyball league, I can I can uh, second that. That that's what happens. And, and I was like, and so I just said, I said, I looked at Lysander. I said, "Sweet, these are your friends," and they right. all laughed. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's it's and and I I've seen you know even guys. I mean, I want to just like pin it on the volleyball league. It's everyone, but I've seen it in that circle of like, oh well, you know. It's kind of like, well, I'm only reading, you know, I only read the people that I like, or if you can't handle it, you know, there's always a defense of it. And it's like, right. Oh, you can't handle it. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. And I just always go back to like, what are you sacrificing though? What you're sacrificing in this moment for a witty comment, like the connection that you're sacrificing. I just think it's, it's bigger, but I think, you know, to tie it back to Bianca, it, it can be very scary. It can be very scary to like put that out there. Um, mm. But I realized that if you're brave takes enough, practice to, takes, takes practice. practice. But if you're brave enough to do it, you discover how grateful other people are that you've done it. Yeah. That you've opened oh, the door. That's, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, he was a nice person. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice person. Yeah. And you know what? If I'm being nice to somebody and they're mean back to me, I'm like, all right. Like, clearly, you have fucking issues. Right. Because right. I just don't know that many people that are mean to someone that's being nice to them. Right. Unless they're in a lot of pain and they like grew up with like the wire monkey. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It it says so much about that person at that point. If that's how they respond to kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. So anyway, looks, looks, looks. It's her show. It's her show. This is definitely Um, one of my favorite Rue looks. Oh, sure. I found out the wig's name is she names all her wigs and the wig's name is Gold Digger 71. Fabulous, fabulous! <laughs> I I love this look. I love the the colors. I she her yeah, makeup was pink great. And blue. Yeah, really nice. yeah, she looked really great. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's just family. It's just Michelle and Santino, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and you know, our final looks, looks, looks of the season. Yep. So we have. Uh, you know, I did like Adores. She. Uh, you know what? The most thing. The, I, sorry, I can't speak today. The thing that I love the most about Adores is that she had all these tattoos on her arms that you could see with the dress. Mm. And I just kind of thought that was super rock star. And I thought huh. that it like was cool with the sequency dress. And uh, yeah, I thought it was cute. And I thought it was a good luck with the, with the tattoos. I was like, all right, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't, I didn't love the look, but that's a good perspective on it. Um, but I mean, I, I've never, been really in love with any of Adore's looks, maybe except for some of the, you know, the glitter ball ones. But I thought she looked, you know, she looked good. Uh, I thought Bianca was, you know, it was a great color on her. It's classic Bianca. It's the silhouette. Bluefin tuna, Mary. Yeah, she was she was serving, you know, she was serving chicken to the sea. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she looked great. She looked beautiful. She wasn't giving us anything new, but she looked great. Right. Right. Same with Courtney. She was not giving us anything new. She even says oh, quintessential Courtney. But, but Colin, for me, it was like wow, bam, like I just think she looks stunning. No doubt, she looks fabulous. I, I, I just, I'm not. I wasn't excited at this point. I wasn't excited by it because I. I just right, had not right. seen because we saw Ben Dela's, you know, bug look. You know, I, I hear what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I we saw mm-hmm. Trinity K. Bonet like slay it every week. Right. I get it. Right. It just I'm not denying that Courtney looked fucking fabulous, but like was I like snapping at the screen? No. No. I was just like, okay, Courtney looks great. You know, you get used to it, you know? 
Um, and then Darian, I mean, Darian has done this sort of like blue dress with the red wig combo. It, it looks fabulous on her. It's a great color combination. You know, yeah. so Darian looked great, you know. Uh, I thought she, I, I really did actually love this look. It was high, very high drag. High, yeah. high drag diva. I think that's what she said. Yeah, um, I think she looked great. Yeah. So, of course, you know, RuPaul asks the question that she always asks the top girls, you know, why should you and not your competitors be crowned America's Next Drag Superstar? And uh, I don't know. I felt like of the, of the four answers, I really felt like Bianca's was the one that I liked the most. You know, I think yeah. um, there's no question. There's yeah. no question. I mean, you have you have adores, which, as they said later, sounded like a 23 year old. Yes. Dancer, right. She's like, yes. I'm the next drag superstar. They're all just drag stars, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to teach everybody. I'm going to make you proud. Rue. Like that was her platform. And then right. meanwhile, you have Courtney, who's like, well, I'm the drag superstar in Australia. So. I'm here and I want to keep running with it. It's like, right. Oh, I was okay. like, right. yeah. Okay. It's hard to connect with that. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then Darian, um, you know, I, I actually, I didn't love, I didn't mind hers at all. It was, it was a lot about, uh, no, more queen per pound. And if this old bitter queen can do it, anyone can do it kind of thing. It was, you know, it was sweet, it was but, yeah. but all compared with, with Bianca's, she was just so well-spoken yeah. Um, talking yeah. about building up walls and how she, you know, is is breaking through all of that. She's not such a bad bitch. I, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, what's, and what's interesting is, you know, she had a great speech. Some of the things, you know, because when they get to the judges' critiques later and they're talking about it, and I, I totally agreed with the assessment that it was RuPaul who had said, you know, she's 23 years old and her speech sounded like it was coming from a 23-year-old. Like, it was like, okay, enough said. You know, when they when they move on to talking about Bianca, it's interesting that they really do highlight some of the possible negative things about Bianca. That like, yeah, she, you know, like like Michelle says, I would have liked to see a different silhouette, and they they acknowledge that like she can be a bit abrasive, and she does this whole like, oh, my cold icy heart, my black heart, and like, you know, it'd be it'd be nice to see to see her not be afraid to just you know, put that down and just be real. Yeah. But if we're talking about like producers producing a show, like they have to say all of these things to kind of keep us on the edge of our seat. Right. Oh, I know Mm -hmm. they had to say negative things about Bianca, even though maybe they weren't really there. But um, I I did want to mention before we kind of keep going, um, that a door that on the reveal, they mentioned how many challenges they won. So a door won, Two mini challenges and three main challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bianca won one mini challenge and three main challenges, and Courtney won zero mini challenges but two main challenges, and Darian won one mini challenge and one main challenge. All right. Well, that track record makes sense then. You know, yeah. I th- I think, you know, at, like with with those kind of numbers, it's like, I mean, I knew. It, I would have. I knew Adore and Bianca were shoo-ins, and I knew that they were showing the negative critiques of Bianca, and they were showing like lots of positive ones about Darian. So it was like, okay, how do we keep them on their toes? Because maybe Darian will stay, even though like you kind of know going into this that like she's going to be the first cut, and that there's no way Bianca won't make top three. You know, I mean, it's it. Right. I knew why they were doing it, but I guess it was just it was interesting to just hear those critiques and to just know that they were real and they were there, even if they were put there in place on purpose by the editors, you know? 
Absolutely. So then they lip sync uh, to uh, uh, see that walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that wasn't they. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they do this in pairs, right? Um, I think like they that's... weren't all on the stage at the same time. It was just, you know, I think that they did, you know, Darian and Adore, and then Bianca and Courtney. Yeah, I mean, they've because I rewatched season seven recently. Take another drink of a different kind. I won't talk about season seven as much because there's not much to say. But in the season seven final four lip sync, all four were on stage. But this one, I think you're right. I think they did them in pairs. Uh, and I think that's what it was. I think it was Darian and Bianca and Courtney and the door, I think. Um, and I mean, this final lip sync never matters. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, no decision is made from this lip sync. No, I, absolutely not. Oh, well, I mean, in this one, there essentially there was because Darian like gets eliminated. I still can't believe that they did it. Like they, they definitely didn't have to, but I, I get it. I don't think Darian Lake went home because of this lip sync though. I no, think, no, no, no. You know no, what no, I mean? No. Uh, Cause I mean, if on it, honestly like watching it, my thought was like, man, Bianca is lucky. She was over in the bottom yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Like she messed up the words. Yeah. No. Yeah. Crazy. She didn't know the words at one point. And like yeah. Darian, Darian knows her words. Uh, you know, I liked and, what. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's all. Yeah, hmm. I liked what uh, Darian had to say at the end, where she's like, "This is like the Wizard of Oz, where you get there, mm-hmm. you get to kill a witch or a couple of them, and then you get nothing at the end." Yeah, you know? well, I I took a note about that as well because I thought that was interesting. That idea that you get nothing in the end, and and what of course it took me to was like comparing that. I mean, you know, bringing up the Wizard of Oz is of course a great reference to all of this anyway, because there is that. There is that element throughout. RuPaul loves The Wizard of Oz. But of course, it made me think of Westworld as well. And this idea of like, where do you arrive at the end, but like a truer understanding of yourself. Like that's all you can really come out of. And what these girls come out of in this competition is like, you understand yourself better. You're, you're a more well-rounded queen. Like you're, you've developed something. And so I don't think that that's true that you come out with nothing. Maybe tangibly you don't come out with anything. But like, you know what you discover is that you had it all along. Like Dorothy, you had the red slippers on all, you know, the ruby slippers on all this time. And so, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's an interesting idea, but I, I don't, I didn't agree that you come out with nothing. I think that you come out with a lot. Oh, right. Right. I think she was sad. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it was like, I, I came all this way and I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. But it's, yeah, Yeah. you know, certainly not true. Uh, you know, in a deeper sense. And okay, well, with that, we officially have our top three for season six. And all that left, all that's left to do is crown a bitch, and we are done <laughs> with season six. Wow, you know, I, I love, love this season. This yeah. season is so good. It's so iconic. There's yeah. so many great characters. I, I, it was such a great, great time, kind of going through this and getting to this ending. Um, it's it's kind of sad to see it end. You know? I know this was really fun to go back through season six. It was a solid season, really great queens, great storylines. Uh, you know, and I mean, and obviously, you know, next week we are we're gonna skip the countdown to the crown episode. I just don't think it's really an, an episode for us to recap. It is a recap in and of itself. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it makes sense. We'll go right to the reunion. We'll have our own recaps, our own kind of, you know, top looks and blah, blah, blah. But um, but just to kind of give our loyal listeners a heads up that we will not really be talking about the Countdown to the Crown episode. 
I mean, I'll watch it if there's anything to talk about, but... Yeah, right, absolutely. We'll include it with our next episode. Yeah, uh, which yeah. Is, which is the, re- the reunion. You know, yeah. if you have any thoughts on this episode or, you know, future episodes or our podcast or whatever, you can always tweet at us at All Right Mary, or you can write us an email at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com, and we will uh, totally respond. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything. Um you know, whether it's Meet the Queens or whether, you know, you you think Darian sucked uh, this episode. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm realizing as we're getting to the end that I, I we, got a, we got some really fabulous emails in the last few weeks. And one we got was from, uh, you know, we're going to call her Sister Mary Jonathan, but really uh, she's better known as her drag alter ego, uh, Cece DeSist, which I fucking uh, love. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Cece DeSist. Cece right? DeSist. We got... Taking you to court. Yeah, take, yeah right? I, it was uh, such a great email. He was cleaning out about Sasha Valor with us and about that the no, no, the no More I Love You's lip sync that we were talking about uh-huh. in the Meet the Queens yeah. episode. It was... Uh, yes, I just love that. I just it was so worth the airtime to mention CC desist for season ten. Uh, <laughs> you know, watch out, Grandma Goobies. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So so that email really, uh, and all the emails that we've gotten have just been so great. It's it's so great to hear from you guys. It's so great to get your feedback. It adds so much to to our experience of doing this. And of course, if you'd rather you know, keep it to 140 characters, you could always tweet at us at All Right Mary. We're currently up to 42 followers, which is fucking awesome. Oh, 42. What a great age. Right? Right? Like, what? A, you know, it's like, ooh, he's 42? It means he says it has his shit together. <laughs> All right. Um, he's probably pretty good in bed if right. he's 42. He's figured it out by now. And I bet he's going to pay for dinner. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, you have all sorts of options. And of course, here it comes. Time to turn off the podcast because I'm about to tell you my usual spiel. Of course, head over to iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Let us know you're out there. Let us know what you like, preferably what you don't like. It's always good to get constructive feedback. And of course, uh, just let other people know this is a podcast worth their time uh, because we just would love to talk to more people about uh, Drag Race. That's what we're here to do. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think that's pretty much all we've got for today. So until next week, I think all we have left to say is bye. Can I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>